Hello and welcome to another episode of the Future Hospitality Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Wells, joined today by co-host Dustin Myers. We are partners at Longitude Branding, a hospitality branding and experience design agency. At Future Hospitality, our goal is to interview the brightest minds in the industry, gathering insights, ideas, and inspiration to share with you. In today's episode, we chat with Dury Kim, Regional Director of Revenue Management at Real Hospitality Group, one of the fastest growing hotel management companies in the U.S. During our discussion, we find out about Dury's career and what led her to her current position at Real Hospitality. We'll also talk about the lessons and insights her team has learned over the last year and discuss how technology and data has played a vital role in the success of Real Hospitality's portfolio. This is an episode you won't want to miss. Well, let's go ahead and jump in. Dury, thank you so much for joining us today. We're super excited to chat. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be on. Yeah. We've been uh, looking around at Real Hospitality's website and just kind of looking at your portfolio of properties and the work that you guys are doing. It's really inspiring. And uh, we thought it'd be great to have you guys on the podcast, um, kind of chat a little bit more about the methodology and the approach that you guys take to all of your different properties and and how you've, uh, you know, the success you've experienced and the challenges you've experienced over the last year, especially. And so, um, you know, it's going to be a great conversation, I think. And I, I know that our listeners are going to get a lot of value out of this. So thank you so much for for joining us. You know, I first want to just kind of dive in. And, you know, usually with our guests, we just like to hear a little bit more about their background, uh, their journey up until now, and kind of what their career path has looked like and how they got into the hospitality industry. Could you share it with us? Sure. Um, actually, it's quite interesting because not a lot of hospitality people started in hospitality. And I'm one of the lucky ones that actually went to school for hotel management and ended up in hotel management. <laughs> like A lot of people in hotels or restaurants and et cetera are from different backgrounds or different degrees. We have like a really diverse pool in terms of um, who works for hospitality. But it all started for me really in middle school. It, you know, this is really far back, but as like a 12 year old, I knew I wanted to be in hotels. Um, I was very inspired by a documentary that I had seen. And I don't even remember what the documentary was called, but it followed a student who was in a hotel school program and she was doing like a rotational internship. And I was like, I want to do that with my career and kind of pivoted a lot of my attention that way. And I think, um, I started doing a lot of internships for free in high school and got my foot in the door that way. And one of the lucky ones to say that like, I really enjoyed it from day one and then um, got into a hotel program. I went to Penn State for that, which is my alma mater, which I'm very happy and proud to be part of in terms of it, their alumni network. Um, but from there, I was um, continuing to intern and again, got my first like revenue role as an intern um, in New York at a Times Square property, quite large um, box right there, um, and got exposure to what revenue management in a New York City environment was like. I think that was a big benefit for me and it really helped me like pivot my career in terms of I want to do this going forward. I did try out other internships, of course, in college, like they make you do rotational ones. Um, but this really stood out to me in terms of how uh, I wanted to like really um, structure my future around. Um, and I'm, I'm a little bit of a type A personality. So like, <laughs> I 
really looked into this and really said, okay, this is what I want my career path to look like. Obviously, a lot has changed since then. Um, and a lot ha in terms of the revenue function um, and the role has changed and pivoted a lot. Um, but I'm very happy to say that, you know, I haven't really made too many uh, tangents or anything like that. I've been in hotels for a very, very long time now. So um, that's how I got here in terms of real. I mean, I work for management companies and then um, really tried to find something that aligned with what my vision was going forward and landed here at real. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, I, you know, I'm trying to think back when I was in middle school, and I don't know if I was planning <laughs> out my career path at that point. So it's really cool to hear that. What was it in middle school? What do you think it was? You know, you saw, you said you watched that documentary, and you know, what do you think it was that kind of drew you to the, to the hotel scene? I guess, and what was was it yeah. something aspirational or something just like you were motivated by it, or what do you think it was? I think it's a little bit of um, a mix because. Culturally, I'm like an immigrant's child. So like they always wanted to be me to be like a doctor or a lawyer. So like their end goal for like my parents' end goal for me was go to law school or med school. Um, mm -hmm. I think that that didn't really align with my vision and what I wanted to do. Um, and of course, at that age, you're a little bit more rebellious. Um, <laughs> I looked at this documentary and I think the biggest thing that came to my mind was there's something for everyone. Um, I think that like in the hospitality space, there's there's a pocket for any kind of personality, any kind of drive, I think. Um, I think that's what really just made it very attractive to me as a middle school student, that if I decided I wanted to do something else, there's still something in the industry that I could do. Um, so I think that's what really attracted me to hospitality in general. Yeah, that's, that's really cool to hear such a direct uh, path to where you wanted to get. So throughout like the the rotational internships and um, through college, what led you to zero in on the revenue management aspect of hospitality? Well, I was going to say, I think there was not too many opportunities in terms of revenue management. It's kind of more of a younger field. Um, I mean, not so much nowadays, but back when I was going in school or like really determining what I wanted to do, there was no real clear revenue management department. It was really a lot of a hybrid of like um, reservations and sales. Um, so I did start that way in terms of like sales coordinator and then um, reservations management, et cetera. So it kind of turned into a revenue management role per se. Um, I wouldn't say like said, okay, I'm starting in revenue right away, but mm -hmm. uh, really from the bottom up is where I kind of started a front office accounting. I did a whole bunch of things and I saw that this is more of what I wanted to do in terms of a day to day, having a real impact of, um, you know, the hotels, profitability, et cetera. So like, that's something that I think I could, you know, work towards rather than doing and not to disperse anything for other departments, but you know, a lot of the departments have a heavy like structure in terms of day in and day out. Um, versus like revenue management had a little more, um, I guess, a dynamic role. You can pivot a lot. There's so much data you can look at, et cetera. So it felt like the least, I mean, not least boring, <laughs> per se, that's really honest of me to say. And <laughs> it felt like it called to me a little more. Yeah, that's really neat. So through all these years, you know, from middle school till now, and you've landed at Real Hospitality, and you've been that you're coming up on like a two year anniversary there, right? Yeah, um, I joined in June 2019. Prior to that, I was another management group for about six and a half years. 
Yeah, that's cool. What is it about, you know, what's something, you know, you obviously have a, a great background and, and rich experience in the industry. What's something about real hospitality that you just really enjoy? You know, what's, is it their team, their culture, just their methodology? You know, what are some things that stand out to you? A little bit of both. I mean, team for sure is a big one for me because our revenue team is very close knit. And, you know, we've sort of, my vice president, Roy and I, we've come in at the same time and we kind of did an overhaul of a lot of the revenue team and just really evaluating what people's strengths and weaknesses are. So we've become very close. And I'm proud to say, I think like 99% of our team, if you ask them what's the thing about revenue management would say our team. Um, so I'm actually really happy to say that our culture is really great. And in terms of support wise, like that um, any kind of new ideas that we brought to the table was never shut down. Everyone wanted to help support us and seeing how we can better ourselves and the entire company. I mean, Real is still pretty young. It's only 10 years old. Well, coming on 11, it was founded in 2010. So, I mean, it's grew so quickly. So the culture part of it is still really, really strong. Um, I mean, I would like to think that we can't think like a small mom and pops anymore, but, you know, we really do have that kind of culture where we all try to help each other out. And it's like a small family. And I think that really sets real apart is that, you know, yes, we're driven by profitability, but also we care about our team and our um, culture really shows that we have like you know, general managers who've been there with us since day one. And we've had a couple of like, you know, team members who've been there since day one. So like really the culture and the like family aspect of it um, just shine through for real hospitality. And I think that's what really sets us apart is just, you know, we don't give up because we all kind of feel personally invested into this. Yeah, that's, that's really cool to see that you guys have grown so rapidly but that you still feel like you have that close, tight-knit team culture and that that's, that's one of the greatest things about working there. Mm-hmm. So you start your new position with Real, kind of get things established and then a pandemic, global pandemic hits and kind of turns the hospitality industry upside down. Tell us about that. Um, how did you manage that? How did, like, what was going through your mind? Um, what what things did you have to pivot and adjust in order to keep things going? Yeah, I mean, uh, everything happened so quickly, especially with the pandemic. I mean, I had, you know, taken vacation right before they shut down the country. <laughs> I'm glad to say I got something in, but um, <laughs> it got back from vacation. They're like, everything's shutting down. And, you know, like we really had to be very quick to action in terms of, what we'd shift in terms of like how we deploy and, you know, what data are we looking at? Because some, I mean, a lot of people can say a lot of data has become a little redundant or a little more um, irrelevant during the pandemic when everything, all we're seeing is cancellations. Obviously, we're not really looking at pace data, right? Um, but, you know, pace data is still relevant going forward. Like how is it looking in terms of every time there's like a new um I don't know, restriction in place or what have you. I think the biggest pivot and change we had to make is reporting. Um, our structure of reporting, we used to be very, very data heavy, um, but relying a little bit more on technology, um, putting in like revenue management systems or financial reporting systems so that we can, you know, see the data real time faster and make decisions quicker. Um, so 
for us, I think the biggest thing is being able to make a decision fast um, has been our biggest pivoting point. Whereas we kind of used to know the markets that we are in, everything kind of follows the seasonalities, et cetera. Like, especially in New York, I mean, you, you know, when all your citywides are hitting, you know, when all the peak periods, the external compression drivers, internal compression drivers. But without all of that, we're kind of looking at starting from bottom up. So like we kind of reevaluated what's important for us. So going forward, we look at this data is not important right now. I mean, it doesn't mean it won't be later. So we still continue to, you know, look at the data, but not as heavily. And then really just looking what's providing us value and what's solving our problems. So one thing that we've noticed is that our time had been stretched pretty far. I mean, with um, the changes, I, like we're not, you know, immune to this, but we've also seen a lot of changes in terms of deployment and um, as well in terms of our management team and our structures. Um, so really time, um, time management, it was a big thing for all of us to learn, especially being at home too, not having, you know, your team at, in a cluster environment to turn around to and go like, hey, are you guys noticing this? Um, so the, really just the onesies, twosies in terms of minutes and hours that we get and we put into reporting, we've now invested into like technology to provide that for us so that we can make the decisions faster. So, I mean, there's a lot of pivots that we've made and like a lot of time management and, you know, efficiencies that we had to make for the pandemic. Um, I, I would like to say this is probably something that's going to continue. Um, I think that technology is something that we have been um, really just looking at in terms of our stack and seeing what's providing us value, what's not, um, what problems we have. Is this solving our problem? I think the biggest thing is, is it giving us two minutes back in our day? Is it giving us the data that we need in a quick way? Um, just, just in general, just having to be able to make the decisions quick enough is like the biggest pivot um, for us. Like we're not having the layers of, hey, what do you think of this rate? Or like going back and forth. Um, it's like you make the decision now and you roll with it. Yeah. That's the biggest shift. It, I mean, in terms of the entire company, all of us have become salespeople, right? Like um, we're not only relying on our sales and marketing or our revenue teams to find us some money. I mean, we're looking at everything. We're looking at our ancillary revenues. We're looking at, hey, are we utilizing our kitchens? Like, can we do ghost kitchen concepts? Like really looking at the entire operation and seeing how we can drive um profitability and not just reliant on the rooms portion. Um, so I think that's been the biggest pivot is everyone's now a sales manager and everyone's now a revenue manager. <laughs> um, yeah. And, you know, like the team has been great in terms of our operations team. Everybody understands that and, you know, has pivoted really well. And I think that really calls to the success of the properties is really driven through the team cohesiveness and the synergies between yeah, I think, you know, historically speaking, I think the hotel industry has been kind of seen as slow to move for the most part. Mm -hmm. So being uni uniquely situated as you guys were and, and prepared for a pandemic that no one really expected, I think, you know, having those processes in place, having that technology in place, the efficiencies already in motion. Um, it sounds like that it wasn't you know, even though you guys def definitely probably had to make some pivots and changes, you know, having that reporting in real time, that data in real time, be able, being able to shift quickly, uh, 
you know, it sounds like it was uh, something that wasn't as big of a shift as it maybe were for other um, properties around the nation that maybe didn't have those processes in place already. That's pretty awesome to hear that. I'm curious, you know, you guys have quite a few properties. How many properties uh, does uh, Real Hospitality have total? Well, in operating and pipeline together, I believe we're just over a hundred. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we've grown incredibly quickly from 2010. I mean, we picked up about 20 to 25 hotels each year. I Mm -hmm. mean, the pandemic, there are hotels that have, you know, closed doors and what have you, but we haven't stopped picking up hotels either. So that's a really true testament to like how hard the team is working and really making a good, um, I guess, stance in the industry in just terms of like how we're able to put um, business into the properties or how we're able to, you know, really look at the expense lines and reevaluating what's necessary and what's not. Um, So, I mean, yeah, I mean, over 100 hotels and we're only in year 10. That's pretty uh, impressive. I'm actually quite shocked myself. I was looking at the number <laughs> and I was like, this is a lot. I mean, we, I, no wonder we're always busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and through the pandemic and, you know, recently, I, I know we chatted before even the recording here and you were saying that your portfolio is most of it, a large majority of it's doing better than the comp set too, which is a, a huge testament to what you guys are doing. Oh my God. I'm like really grateful. Our team has been working really hard. I mean, there's like I mentioned, like the most successful of those properties are the ones that like, you know, how everyone is on board and everyone's team revenue and team sales. Um, Those are the ones that are faring better. I mean, some of the more successful hotels, uh, our operations teams are finding us the wins. They're saying, hey, we had a guest check in for like 30 nights and he's from X, Y, and Z company. And like, you know, like, it, we rely a lot more on just traditional sales. I'm I'm gonna say it's more of the uh, personal connection going back to the roots of actual, um, you know, guest services too. You know, just making that connection with our guests too. I mean, it's incredible that like um, even with the scale that we've had and you know um, and the footprint that we have um, that our hotels are faring a lot better than competitive sets. I mean, some northwards ranging like indexes of over like a thousand (laughs) in some markets, like they're actually doing quite well for themselves. I mean, relatively speaking, right? Everyone's at a decline. Um, But um, I'm actually really proud to say that our team has been able to, you know, fare a lot better um, and, you know, just really honing in on what the basics is and, what our customers care about. Yeah, definitely. You know, with all with all the properties you guys are managing and and the success you've you've had, even in spite of um, everything that's happened, um, you know what you know what are some like insights or just takeaways? I guess you know from managing all these properties. Um, you know, I'm, I'm imagining you guys have some you know takeaways for other hoteliers. Um, as far as how how to make their way through the rest of this pandemic, hopefully it's it's short lived through this year and hopefully it recovers. But you know, as that recovery goes through, what are some and and you've even touched on some of these already, like the tech that you've integrated into your properties and and revenue management and things like that. But um, do you have any other insights or um, takeaways from this last year that you think are going to be important for hoteliers moving forward? 
Yeah, I mean, um, for sure, I think we've all gotten pretty used to looking at the short term because all of us have been um, observing the very short booking windows and what have you. But I think now is the right time to start looking forward and like really evaluating, hey, what does my booking pace look like? What does my transient pace look like going forward, et cetera? What channels are moving for me? I mean, again, like traditional revenue management, but plus extra, you got to listen to the customer side too. I mean, there's so much consumer behavior that has been altered post this pandemic that we really have to be in tune with. I mean, going forward, a lot of these hotels that used to be no pet policies are now pet friendly. I mean, there's a lot of things that have pivoted and you have to really find that competitive and strategic advantage for your own individual assets and your own companies um, and really understanding who's traveling to my my hotel. Why are they traveling? Is this important to them? Like, what are they requesting on the hotel level? You know, those kind of things are really important because coming out of this, everyone's mentality has shifted a little bit. I know for sure that mine has. I mean, I'm probably going to look at a lot of people's cancellation policies going forward. I mean, is a nature of the beast, right? A lot of behavior has changed and really knowing who your guest is and knowing who's coming in and what they're requesting is really important not just from like an operational stance, but also in terms of your revenues, right? Like you're going to have to reevaluate what your audience, target audiences look like, what your, your search words look like, you know, like going forward. So just understanding who your customer base is and how they've changed um, so that you can properly pivot as well is probably going to be key. Yeah, absolutely. I'm curious uh, from your perspective as an analyst and revenue manager, are you anticipating a rebound um, at some point this year? Or if, is there a general consensus as far as when we think we're going to start to see more normal travel patterns come back online? Um, I tend to look at, I try nowadays more so not to make generalization, but I look at the data and what the data and the behavior is telling me. I mean, definitely this year is a recovery year. I'm not going to say it's going to rebound to normal 2019 levels right away, but there is, you know, this will and want to travel. I mean, if I'm looking at a couple of our hotels, like some of the longer weekends, especially like holiday weekends, like 4th of July or like Labor Day, have seen a lot of interest and a lot of, you know, traffic through those um, particular dates. Outside of that, it's very little. So like the data is not telling of, you know, there's this really strong um, will to travel and rebound. Um, what I'm looking at is there's a lot of currently leisure um, shopping going on. And a lot of people, you know, do want to travel, but they're looking at, you know, the pockets of days they can and when they feel it's safe. Right now I'm seeing like, like consumer behavior and their confidence is returning post Labor Day. Um, but, you know, everything can change in a minute. We've seen in the past year, like one restriction can lead to, you know, five of the drive-by markets or drive-in markets, you know, tanking in terms of like year-over-year changes, et cetera. So, I mean, it can pivot. What the data is telling me, though, that people do want to travel. They're searching more of a leisure period right now. Um, it's just a matter of when everyone's confidence returns. I love that you're making some uh, predictions based on the data and things like that. I just read a travel and leisure article uh, the other day that was 
predicting what 2021 will look like according to psychics. So I think that you're in a much better spot <laughs> there. So, <laughs> I mean, but, uh, hey, I mean, a lot of people are like putting a finger in the air going like, okay, it's going to happen. Exactly. It's not going to yeah. happen. But, you know, like we just have to look at what the traffic patterns look like. I mean, a lot of the airlines have said, you know, summer months have more traffic, not enough, not enough conversions, but they're seeing a lot more shopping going on. So, I mean, as as a consumer, like confidence returns, we'll see the consumer behavior start to be a little more, start to show more of a trend. Um, and I think that's when we can, you know, safely say, okay, we're going to have like a rebound. But as of now, it's just still in recovery. We're still seeing pockets of dates being, um, have a little more demand, but not, that's not nothing to this extent where I'm saying, okay, by the end of this year, it's going to be back to normal. <laughs> So you mentioned that uh, you guys have some properties, a number of properties right now in the pipeline as well. Um, what is this this data that you, you're gathering about? You know, some of the future insight and you know, looking at the past as well, and some of the consumer behavior changes has has that affected anything around the pipeline, like timeline or the approach for a certain property? Or can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, for the pipeline, a lot of it has been um, pushed back a little bit in terms of. I think more so construction and permits and et cetera has been pushed back. So it, I wouldn't really say it's because of these consumer trends or et cetera. It's more um, driven by the whole construction piece of it. Um, so I can't really say for sure that it's because of that. I mean, there are things that we are looking at in terms of, okay, we've it put out initial bids or we've put out initial rates. How are we evaluating that? How are we looking at hey, we initially said our opening policy will be this in terms of cancellation, you know, just reevaluating what we would do, our due diligence for any other open asset as well. Um, but I wouldn't um, say that, you know, we delayed opening because of what we're seeing in the market or we're pushing opening like forward or anything like that. Um, it would just be wrong of me to say I would say that, but <laughs> it's more so like the construction piece and like, really being able to get, you know, inspected, et cetera. Um, that's been delayed because of the pandemic. As far as like the other new developments that you're seeing throughout the industry, are there any trends or um, types of properties that you think are getting more attention now based on what we've seen and learned through all of this? Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, this is a good question. We've noticed um, a bit of a shift in terms of what, kind of properties are faring better than pre-pandemic. I mean, we have a couple of our longer stay or extended stay assets that are actually coming out better um, from this because, you know, like in a traditional market, like let's say New York City, um, very short-term bookings, right? There's not a lot of extended stay appetite, but now like people are looking for those apartment style um, hotel rooms. They want the kitchenettes in the rooms. They want it to be furnished, et cetera. So there's, it, I mean, because of the shift in uh, the customer and like really looking at who's traveling, the frontline workers, et cetera, they're benefiting a little bit more of being able to get a little bit more of that rate because they have those extra amenities. Um, I would say the ones that are doing well in terms of an independent perspective is also amenities, right? A lot of people in a market where your um, rates are pretty flat across the board, I mean, pretty low abysmal rates right now, <laughs> you know, 
value that's important to people. Like what is on the property that I can get here that I can't get elsewhere? I mean, people are very in tune as, as to the differences between like, um, I don't know, an extended stay property versus like a select serve where, you know, extended stay has pretty much the same amenities as a select, a select service, but they have the kitchens, the kitchenettes, they have the microwaves, they have the fridges, et cetera. And then like for independence is, okay, is there a fee? Like, is there a curation fee or facilities fee or whatever, or urban fee, what have you? Um, that's really important because there's a difference there because there now there's expected value. And then seeing like, okay, are they providing me breakfast? Are they um, providing me a late checkout, et cetera? So really just the value add-ons are um, have become a little bit more of a focus in terms of like who's extra successful. I mean, that's all relative, right? Success is a little relative, right? <laughs> but, um, those who are making a bigger splash per se are the ones who have a little bit um, more involvement in terms of who their guests are and what they want and understanding that. Definitely. We're definitely seeing the same thing as far as, you know, how those amenities and the unique selling points of a property um, in tandem with, you know, how a property is being positioned, especially in the independent space, um, mm. you know, how they're positioning themselves um, in that market is, is has, has been and continues to be very important for, for their yeah. success. So that's really uh, cool to hear that. You know, as far as the, the future, obviously, there's a lot of unknowns in the hospitality industry right now. Um, but, you know, what are some things, uh, you know, whether it's with your uh, real hospitality or what just in your own career or anything, like what are some um, things about the future of the hotel, hospitality and travel industry that you're, you're excited about? Well, coming out of this, I hope that hospitality will be a little more um, tech friendly. <laughs> I mean, you've mentioned this earlier, but I like cannot echo the sentiment enough that I think that hospitality is really behind the eight ball when it comes to technology. I mean, we're, we, we have hotels still using like code in a lot of their systems. <laughs> like that's a, that's a far ways we've come in terms of the, you know, digital impact as well, right? Like going forward, what do we, what, is valuable to us is our consumer behavior and like how we can learn and how we can pivot our strategies from it. And I think that the reliance on technology shouldn't be a scary thing. It should be a supplemental thing, like, you know, really being able to make decisions off of the data rather than like a personal feeling. Um, I think going forward, that's what I have to be excited about, really just being able to back it up with proper math um, and also looking at the technology to help in terms of giving back the hour of your day so that you can do proper strategy, et cetera. So technology is, is one that I'm really looking forward to. I hope that, you know, going forward, people are a little more open to it, especially at post-pandemic. A lot of people have been looking at technology stacks a lot. And then also really getting back to the basics of you know, taking care of your guests and your customer, I think is going to be something of a focus going forward. And that's excites me because at the end of the day is really, we're in the, you know, uh, industry of hospitality. It's about the people and it's about our guests. That's awesome. Yeah. It's about the people. It's about the guests. I think that that puts a nice bow on the end of um, just kind of everything we've talked about. 
I, I agree. I think the technology aspect of this industry has a lot of really cool room to grow. And um, I'm excited to see how all of that evolves. And I think that we'll even have some some benefits coming out of uh, this downturn. And so I think that as long as we have um, open minds and creativity on how we move forward and tackle some of this stuff that um, we've got a, a much brighter future ahead. So, And I don't think we'll have to worry about psychics taking over uh, predictions anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I mean, unless they have data to back it up. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Dury, for your insights and um, just sharing what you've learned through this. Uh, I know it's been extremely interesting and I think our guests will find it helpful. Thank you so much for having me. It was a blast and I'm looking forward to the future of hospitality as well. Awesome. Thank you so much, Dury. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Future Hospitality Podcast. If you enjoyed today's topic and episode, please leave us a review. You can also find us on Instagram at Future Hospitality and on Facebook by searching for Future Hospitality.